Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and it's a warm welcome back for a special episode to Paul Trimble from the Enniskillen Comic Fest. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Eamon. Thank you for having me back once again. Well, we've got you in now that Enniskillen is sort of finished for this year. And from everything I've seen on Facebook, very successful, Paul. Yes, it was really an unknown quantity after two two plus years as to just what way it would go. I mean, COVID is still out there. And, you know, there are, I, I, I was contacted by a number of people who said they would have liked to have gone, but just really didn't feel, you know, public gatherings really were still something they preferred to avoid. Obviously, uh, you know, you're in close contact with people and whatnot during a convention. So we, we, we tried, um, you know, our best to, to, to make it COVID friendly. Uh, with sanitizers and spacing and whatnot. But uh, overall, that it didn't spoil it. Uh, I was glad to say, you know, everybody had a great time. The guests really enjoyed it. What stalls we had all did very well. And to me, I mean, uh, the, the, best, the best feedback I can get on a comic fest is when the guests tell you, I'd love to come back. And I, again, yeah. I'm pleased to say that every single one of them said that to me before they departed on Sunday. Fantastic. Uh, well, that's really great news. And of course, one of the things you had at the Comic Fest was one of two sort of launch signing events for this year's Battle Action Special. Uh, and you had, of course, several of the creators there, didn't you? Yes, it was quite an honour when, when Garth offered his services to, to launch Battle Action in Enniskillen which I, I feel is a great testament to what myself and the team have accomplished over the years with the Comic Fest in that it is seen as, you know, um, a, an event that publishers uh, can, can schedule launching books. Um, it's a high-profile event. And uh, as I say, for to, to have one of two personal appearances by Garth, one in London and the other in Enniskillen, uh, you know, I really, I still can't get over it. Yeah, it's great stuff. Well, we'll get straight to it because I'm going to slip this out as a bonus episode next week. We are talking today, I've sort of invited you back to talk about the Battle Action special for this year, which we've both got in front of us, I'm guessing, at the moment, Paul. Um, yes. Released, obviously, June 22, all written by Garth Ennis. It's got two different covers. There's an Andy Clark cover, which I've got, I've also seen the John Higgins Dredger cover. I'll mention that it's edited at Rebellion by Keith Richardson, Olivia Hicks and Oliver Pickles. And we'll go through some of the artists as we work through the scripts. First of all, Paul, I'm just going to ask you to judge a book by a cover as we sometimes do. What did you think of the format of the book and the two covers? When I got a copy of the book, I, mean, I, I really was completely blown away by the package. It, it it resembles an old annual, you know, which which immediately uh, made me smile. The uh, the whole production of the book, the end papers, the text pages—I mean, everything has just been so well designed with a lot of thought put into it. It, it really is. It, it, it's a quality package, and uh, Oliver Pickles was actually over at Comic Fest at the weekend. And he was judging, you know, people's feedback and comments on the book. 
we sold a lot of copies there that day. And, uh, you know, everybody just thinks it's, it's, it's a really, really nice package. I, I really can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely delightful. It feels like a wonderful Christmas annual. Uh, it's all beautifully done. Uh, we know, of course, and I'm sure you know this better than anyone, Paul, that this was a real passion project for Garth Ennis, wasn't it? He really sort of campaigned and pitched for this. He did. I mean, Garth, Garth, but the Rebellion released a Battle of Britain special back in 2020, which had a Rat Pack story by Garth. And he, he was saying that there just there didn't seem to be any follow-up to that on the horizon. So he thought, well, why don't I do it? Battle is one of his favourite comics. Um, it's one that he will talk about uh, endlessly in interviews. Uh, it's in 2000 AD. So he, he pitched this. I don't know if you've read any of his, his other war stories, Eamon. Yes. He has, has written, he has written a lot over the years. Um, he does commercial projects and then he, he release a, a war-themed miniseries or graphic novel, String Bags, Sarah, War Stories, Battlefields, Tankies, um, the, uh, the recent The Lion and the Eagle set during the Burma conflict with uh, art by P.J. Holden. All of them, I, I just really can't recommend highly enough. Gareth really has a passion for the war stories and uh, it's something that, that that means a lot to him and i mean of course given the opportunity to write so many of the characters from the original battle action that he grew up reading uh, was something very special for him yeah it is uh, as you say it was something very important or still very important to him and he's produced this wonderful book just out of interest which of the two covers did you prefer well, I, I haven't actually got my hands on the John Higgins cover yet. It, ah, it, right. was, it was to be available at Comic Fest, but uh, while these copies were shipped over, they didn't arrive. So uh, they're, they're in limbo somewhere. But um, I, 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 mean, I, I got the, the regular cover. And, uh, By Andy Clark. And, yeah, yeah. The, the Andy Clark, which, which I absolutely love. I mean, again, it's a throwback to the old seven great stories inside type of covers yeah. that you to get on battle with a montage of of the characters that, that, that were appearing in that issue. While I love John Higgins's cover myself, I do have to say I, I really would have preferred another battle cover since battle really is the, the main part of this of this book. But that, 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 that's a minor thing. I would certainly be picking a copy of the John Higgins cover up as well uh, okay. at some point. Well, let's rattle through the seven great stories because I want to ask you at the end a little bit about why this works so well and what the future might hold for us. Um, sure. We start with Johnny Red, created by Tom Tully and Joe Colquhoun, but here with uh, art by Keith Burns, coloured by Jason Wordy. Rob Steen does the letters throughout the whole book. And what did you make of the first story in the book, Paul? It was an immediate grabber. Yeah, um, it is. You know, Johnny Red is the favourite of so many fans of, of battle. Um, and it just it was a no-brainer to, to put Johnny in as the lead story. And, I mean, I have to say, 
the crossover between Johnny Red and Screamer of the Stukas was just inspired. Uh, it's a, it brings in another minor but interesting battle character. So you're really getting you know two two characters in one story for the price of one. Screamer appeared only for a couple of months in late 1978, um, and he's sort of a character that you love to hate. But uh, no, it really works very very well. Yes, and I should mention Screamer of the Stukas, created by Jerry Finley Day and Rosendo Franch. Uh, not a character I was particularly familiar with, but makes a great uh, sort of foil and villain for Johnny yeah. Red um, yeah. in this story. And there's a, there's a marvellous, without giving too many spoilers, there's a marvellous bit of military deception that goes on in here as well, isn't there? Yeah. I don't really want to talk too much about uh, you know details of the stories because I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that haven't actually been able to read, you know, to get the, the special read yet. So, yeah, no, no spoilers, but yes, okay. it's, it's a very, very, very cleverly written story. And as I say, great to see Screamer of the Stukas back again. And some terrific artwork. I have to say the colours that uh, Jason Wordy has done, and particularly the skyscapes, I think, you know, the final page uh, of this story, the sky just looks particularly uh, impressive, I think, as well. So it's lovely colour work, and it's a great story to start us off. Yeah, it is. And I mean, Keith Burns uh, is, um, you know, he's, a, he's an award-winning aviation artist. The, the, the air combat, you know, the dogfight sequences are, are just stunning. Um, he, he's drawn Johnny previously in the Titan miniseries. Um, and it's, it's a character he too now feels a great affinity for. So, the, the two, Keith and, and, and Garth, they just, they, they nail Johnny Red completely. Great stuff. Well, let's turn from coloured artwork to uh, black and white, The Sarge, created by Jerry Finley Day and Mike Weston. The Sarge, first Sarge collection from Rebellion will be coming up on the podcast at some point because Garth might be coming back to talk about it. But here he is. Uh, doing the Sarge with PJ Holden, as you've said, Paul, an artist that Garth has been working with on some of his war stories increasingly. Um, black and white, World War Two. Tell us about this one a little bit. What did you make of this one? Well, first of all, um, I just now I know that Garth has nabbed uh, the Sarge <laughs> Mega City Book Club podcast curses. Um, the Sarge. I, first of all, I, I really like the way it was in black and white. It, again, it recaptures the feel of the old annuals, even the old comics. That the, you know there would be a bit of color, there would be a bit of black and white. Um, the text pages then, and the annuals too, and things like that. So it, it really, I felt it really worked. I love the typeset captions as well. A small touch, yeah. But that 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 again really captured the early days of battle when both the the dialogue and the captions were typeset before they began to, to hand-letter them, um, you know, around 1980. Uh, so really, really like that. PJ uh, PJ has worked extensively with Garth on string bags and um, World of Tanks and The Lion and the Eagle, so they're obviously, again, very comfortable with each other. Th- this story I absolutely loved. It, um, it's, it, it really captures the heart of Jerry Finley Day's writing back in, in the original days of battle. And I mean, I should point out that um, all of these stories, they, 
they they don't seem like they're written by the same writer. Um, a, a lot of you know writers they they have their 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 touchstones and you can sort of recognize you know what they do. But um, in in this battle action, Gareth has written has captured feeling of the original stories very very well, uh, and each one is is very different. Um, as I say, this this one I, I really loved. Um, just on the back of the Sarge collection, which I had read just a couple of weeks before, uh, so I guess the Sarge was very much in in my mind. But um, this 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 story was a real highlight for me, and again, PJ manages to capture each different member of the squad um, perfectly. Uh, it, it, this, this one really did did bring back memories. It's a great strip, and you know PJ's art. Uh, I mean, you say Garth has changed his writing style for each strip, but PJ is also changing. I think this is much more sort of grim and gritty depiction of uh, ordinary soldiers in war than perhaps some of his slightly cartoony stuff he's done for Chimpsky in the 2000 AD prog I've been thinking about recently. But yeah, yes, this- very, very, very much so. Um, again, it's got a, it's got a harder edge to it. If you've read the Lion and the Eagle fourth issue of fourth and final issue of it, um, just came out um, again just a few weeks back. You'll see more of this style of art from PJ, and it is a it's a four issue series that I is really well worth the read. Um, the trade paperback of it, I'm guessing, will be out in a couple of months' time. But uh, check out the Lion and the Eagle as well uh, if you if you like um, PJ's art in the Sarge. Yeah, which is really good as well. And I'll just mention there's a couple of panels of tanks by PJ Holden, which is going to, which remind me of another artist we're going to get to in a little while. We'll, we'll come to that later. But yeah, the Sarge is fantastic. Full colour again for Crazy Keller, a character created by Alan Hebden and Eric Bradbury. Here we art by Chris Burnham and Lena Grady Colours. And now this, I have to confess, this one was a character I wasn't familiar with at all, Paul. Tell us a little bit about this one. Well, Crazy Keller came in to, 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 to battle, um, as you say, created by, by Alan Hebden and um, Eric Bradbury. Uh, he's a larger-than-life character. He has, uh, again, I really, I don't want to spoil the story, sure. but uh, he, he, he's, uh, he's not averse to making a buck on the side, shall we say. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's looking after himself when the, for when the war ends. Um, and his, his adventures invariably are revolved around that. The higher-ups didn't particularly like him, and they would give him these jobs to do. And uh, as I say, he would invariably try and, and make it worth his while. Um, it, was, it was a fun strip. It's, it's one eventually, I would say, that Rebellion will collect. The artwork, the original artwork by Eric Bradbury is just stunning. Um, if you Google it, uh, there, there's a double-page spread of the D-Day landing, and it just literally will blow your mind. As I say, it's, it's, it's kind of over-the-top crazy killer, uh, driving around in the Jeep, you know, and firing machine gun while doing 90 miles an hour around corners uh, between the hedgerows in Normandy kind of thing. It's, it's a fun strip, and Chris Burnham, when I heard he, he was doing it originally, I was sort of, hmm, this is going to be very different from Eric Bradbury, but he, he, he really nails it. The larger the life, 
aspect of of Keller, and it, it's it's a fun strip. It's a fun strip. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, it is fun, and he's, he's I think as Garth's introduction says he's a sort of like one of Alan Ebden's archetypal roguish loner who fights the war in his own way. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, we should mention for anyone who hasn't seen the book, each strip does get a full page sort of introduction of text by Garth, um, talking a little bit about the character and why the character works so well. Yeah, okay, great stuff. So we've done three. Let's move to the middle story in the book, which is we now turn to the pages of action and we have Dredger, as Conrad from Space Spinner 2000 would call it. <laughs> Originally created by Pat Mills, Jerry Finley Day, Horatio Altoona. Here we're art by John Higgins and colours by Sally Jane Hurst, or co-colours by Sally Jane Hurst. Um, Dredger is the sort of dirty, hairy, intelligence officer, hard-nosed cop guy who basically um uh takes no prisoners does he yeah that's 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 putting it mildly yes um dredger um as you say was is is one of the characters that that came into battle uh in the merger with action he is this this is probably the closest to what people that read a lot of gareth ennis comics this, this is the one that I think they'll, they'll probably recognize the most because everything is just sort of dialed up. <laughs> yes. The, the, the uh, you know, the, the violence, the, the, uh, the, uh, the actions. Again, I don't want to say too much for people that haven't read it, but there, there, I mean, there's a sequence, I think, on the, even on the very first page that'll raise your eyebrows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very much in that, just guy that gets the job done, uh, not caring how he does it, kind of thing. I mean, I remember back when I, mean, I read Battle from the, from the beginning, and I mean, in 1976, Valiant was merged into Battle. The, the, this was the, the the kind of the revamped Valiant that, that John Wagner had 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 taken over and trying to get a shot in the arm. So, um, in in that merger. We had one-eyed Jack moved from Valiant to Battle, and in the Valiant days, Jack was a he was a New York cop, and when they merged Valiant into Battle, he then became a um, military um, agent. So Dredger was done changed then sort of the same way from from more of a an intelligence agent. He became uh, more of a military uh, operator as well, simply because of the, the trying to fit it into battle. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I, I, it's, it's a fun story. And as I say, more typically Garth, I think, than anything else in the book. It's uh, the beautiful artwork John Higgins again, has, has really nailed it. And it's concise. It, it's a great payoff. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, it's fantastic. I mean, very colourful. It does sort of transition Dredger from the 1970s into the early 1980s. And without giving anything too much away, we'll just say there's a new character introduced, uh, yeah. which, which yeah. is uh, quite a thing, um, but yes. can't say uh, too much. No, no. Okay, let's turn back from the pages of action and the various uh, mergers back to battle itself. 
Oh, no, actually, we're still with action, aren't we? We are with... Yes, we are, yes, with Hellman, yes. Yes, of course. We're still with Hel- with uh, Hellman of Hammer Force, created by Jerry Finley Day and Mike Dory. You've done it on the po- on the podcast with me. Meets Glory Rider, or versus Glory Rider, uh, created by Jerry Finley Day and Jeff Campion. And, of course, we have art by... The incomparable... Exactly. Terrible, Mike Dory. Yes. Mike Dory himself. And I'm, yes. I'm just going to mention, I gather we've got yourself partly to thank for bringing Mike Dory back to the world of comics and comic conventions and signings. <laughs> Is that right, Paul? Well, I, I, I mean, yes, I, I, I guess. It was, it was the, the sadly missed Colin Noble who, who first got in contact with Mike the, the, the story goes that Mike and his wife were on holiday and I think they just, they, they either saw a comic convention and wandered in out of curiosity or um, just just turned up again completely by accident. And um, I think they got, I think they maybe ended up speaking to John Freeman. Right. Uh, who, 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 who either introduced them to, to Colin or announced from the stage or something anyway. But anyway, Colin, of course, was was over the moon to get to meet Mike Dory, who had been out of comics for so long. So Colin um, uh, Colin told me. <laughs> Colin and I, we were always trying to outdo each other. And, uh, you know, he would phone me up or he would message me and he would sort of tell me this latest thing and then I'd, I'd obviously have to try to top it. So um, after him getting to meet Mike Dory, then I made contact with Mike Dory. <laughs> And invited him to Enniskillen uh, Comic Fest. This was back in 2019. So this this was the first convention that Mike had been at then as a guest. And so he came over. He was a bit apprehensive. You know how many people would remember him? Uh, would, you know, would he still be relevant? Would he sit there twiddling his thumbs all day? But um, he was absolutely delighted uh, at the the number of people that wanted to engage with him, that talked about his artwork, how much it meant to him. And uh, Mike had a great time. And back then, he said, if you're, if you're doing this again, I'm there. So um, we, we were thinking of having him back in, in 2020 at either Enniskillen or Oma for the 45th anniversary of, of Battle's launch. But then, of course, the whole thing got, got uh, scrapped. So um, when when uh, we were putting the the launch um, for of the battle special together in Enniskillen, Mike was the first one to contact me and say, "Can I come, please?" Oh, great! Uh, so he, uh, he he's, he's he really enjoyed it. So I, I guess yes, if, if you, you know, I, I don't like to to make claims, but I mean, I guess yes, we we did play a part in. in Mike's um, renaissance in, in, in comics. And he was at the Gosh Battle Action signing in London, and then before that, I met him at Lawless Convention, where, like you say, Paul, he was just enjoying himself. He was having a great time. People were coming up to him the whole time, telling him how much you know, they enjoyed mm. his work. Conrad from Space Spinner, who's a great fan of his Space Spinner um, work got a couple of sketches from him. Um, he was sketching and signing the whole weekend. He was delightful, absolutely delightful to see him there. Yes, he, he's an absolute gentleman, and no airs and graces. 
initially, as I say, I think he was he was quite flummoxed by the fact that you know his artwork was remembered by by so many because back then, of course, this was just a job. Um, and it's a, it's a shame that so many of the the the, the artists and, and the writers too from that era have now passed on, and we've never had the opportunity to to show them just what their work meant uh, to a generation of us readers. That, that, that's something that, you know, it, it, I, I, I really wish we had had that chance, you know, yes. to bring Mike Western and, and Eric Bradbury and um, the artists from that, from, from that era. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. So Hellman versus Ham- Hellman of Hammerforce versus Glory Rider. We get a tank action. We also get, I'm going to say, a sort of quieter, more contemplative moment, which is wonderful as well. All of it with Mike Dory's black and white signature, black and white art, plus his wonderful smoky textures that he still delivers on the page. Yeah. I'm going to guess, Paul, that this was one of the highlights of the book for you, I would think. Very much so. Um, I mean, as you know from our conversation on Hellman of Hammer Horse, I'm a huge fan of both the character and Mike's art on it. So when, again, when Garth revealed the, the lineup to me, I was just over the moon to see this. And um, while we had the, the air uh, crossover between Johnny Red and Otto Screamer, again, here now we have, we have the tank uh, sort of character crossover with with Hellman against um, uh, Jeb Ryder, um, uh, another minor character uh, like uh, like Screamer, uh, who appeared in, in issue two hundred of Battle back in January seventy nine, making his debut alongside Charlie's War and HMS Nightshade. Right. So uh, you know he was in, he was in, he was in great company, and maybe it's not a bit wonder that. It's a strip that that didn't uh, you know resonate just as much as as the others, but it, it's a fun character. Um, it, it didn't run terribly long. He's a, an egotistical Southern tank commander, and he uh, he wants the same glory as his ancestor had back in the Civil War, and he's he's prepared. He, he's a, he's a bit cowardly himself. He sort of sends the men, and he, he fires them up, and then sends them into the combat to get glory for him while he sort of stays in the background for one reason or another. But yes, it, it, it's, it's a very sensitive story after, after Dredger. Yes. Um, it, it's kind of a chance just to, to, to bring things down a bit. Um, it is, it, it, it's, it's very well written and the character interplay in it is, is, is really well done. Again, can't say too much, but um, it, it, it's very, very, very well handled. You know, and the payoff in the last panel, you know, again, is, is just, um, it's a highlight. It is definitely a highlight of the, of, of the book. And as you said earlier, Garth sort of changing his writing style to match each strip from yeah. some of the excesses of Dredger, we get, as you say, a slightly quieter, uh, more, I don't know, reflective moment. Reflective is a good word. Yeah, yeah reflective. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's just wonderful. It's one of, as you say, I think it's one of my highlights as well. Yeah. And Mike yeah. Dory's artwork and, you know, how great it is to have him go into these events now so we get a chance to t- tell him how much we think about his artwork. Um, Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. 
Okay, we'll stick with the pages of action. We'll stick with the notorious cover uh, of action by Carlos Esquerra and the strip Kids Rule OK by Chris Ladder and Mike White here, written, of course, by Garth and... Another person who'd sort of retired but is back, Kevin O'Neill, does the black and white artwork for this one. And it's a sort of intriguing, shall we say, there's a slight meta-commentary about the strip itself. Yes, it's very different from anything else in the special. Absolutely wonderful to see Kevin O'Neill art in this. It, It really, while he didn't draw the strip originally, it really captures... The, the feel of of the old action comic. Uh, it's perfect for it. Um, but, but yes, I mean, Kids Rule OK wasn't one of the stories that made the transition from action into battle action. So when Gareth told me that he was writing this, um, I was kind of mystified by why this this one had been picked. But when, when I got to, to see the, the, the artwork for it and, and what the story was about, uh, it really made sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a look at the situation of action and why things happened the way they did for it. So, um, yes, yeah, very, very different, but very, very powerful, you know, especially for anybody that, that, that remembers that it was there at the time. Newer readers may not maybe get as much from it. I, I spoke to a couple of my friends who were at the at Enniskillen last week, and we had a chat about the special. And th- this was one that, I mean, even reading the text pieces, they, they they really still couldn't get their heads around it. So I, I had to explain it. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a great story, um, as I say. I think one for long-time fans and may not just be as accessible to, to maybe new readers or those that are encountering, you know, the, the battle action characters for the first time. But as I say, it is, it, it, it was just, it's a great story and something very different from, from the rest. And I guess, you know, as you've already said, we've mentioned it a few times, the fact that Garth can change his style for each of these stories and does something very different. Uh, yeah, fascinating. And a, a, a sort of lovely look at a famous or infamous moment from British comics history, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last story in the book. We are back to the Russian uh, sort of involvement in the war. We are with Nina Petrova and the Angels of Death, originally by Tom Tully and Joe Colhoun, here with art by Patrick Goddard and Jason Wordy colouring again. Um, And this is sort of, you could say this is a sort of a follow-up to the first story, Paul. Yes, they, they, they bookend the special very, very well. If you look in the background of the of the Johnny Red story, you can see Nina uh, in one of the panels. And of course we get the uh, screamer of the Stukas makes a return. Nina is a character I've always really, really enjoyed. And as Gareth has, has pointed out many times, she really was the first IPC action heroine. Uh, she predates Judges Anderson and Hershey. She predates Venus Blue Jeans, uh, Purity Brown. She predates all of those. And in the 70s, there weren't many female characters in what were considered boys' comics that really did much more than scream and get captured. Nina was a revelation. Um, I mean, in her, her very first appearance in the Johnny Red strip, he criticizes her flying 
and she decks him. <laughs> uh, that, that's the, the, the reader's introduction to Mina. And she made quite an impact on a lot of readers back then. And it's great to see her and the squad get a, a strip of their own, finally. She's a character with a lot of potential. And uh, this, this is one I certainly would like to see continued at some point. Yeah, I'd love to see more Nina Petrova with Patrick Goddard doing the art because I love a bit of Patrick Goddard as well. Patrick Goddard really uh, is an unsung hero of you know of British comics at the minute. Uh, I really feel you know he deserves to be better known. His artwork is amazing. I love him. Unfortunately, we had a problem with his flight. Yes, uh, I heard. Yeah, he used to be one of our guests at the weekend at Comic Fest. And he turned up at Cardiff Airport on, on Friday afternoon to find no mention of his flight on the departure board. And um, it turns out the airline had cancelled his flight and hadn't told either us or him. And we just couldn't couldn't arrange uh, an alternative at such short notice. So he, he was heartbroken, unfortunately, because he hadn't met Gareth before and been so looking forward to it. And we were bitterly disappointed as well because Paddy's a great guest. He's a great guy, lovely to spend time with, and it was he's, he's been over with us a couple of times before, and he's always very welcome and very well received by the the crowd at Comic Fest. But um, his, his art here is, is, as I fully expected, it really is top-notch. Uh, I love it. Uh, it is absolutely fabulous, and I would say that Jason Wordy, again, has done a great job with the colouring of this. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a great story, and Nina Petrova just leaps off the page as a character that we want to read more of. So fantastic, finishes out the book. So um, let's just too quickly, what would be your favourite story from the book, Paul? And we do have an embarrassment of riches, really, don't we? We do. I mean, really, it could be it could be any one of them. In the end, I think, I think, I mean, as as much as I love the Hellman story. I think I would plump for the Sarge. Right. Uh, because it really gets me in the feels, as, as they say. Uh, the ending to it, you know, they were splendid. It, it really brought a lump to the throat uh, for me. And I, I just thought it was superbly written. And it summed up exactly what battle was, what battle brought to the table back in 75. And that it was, it focused on ordinary people. It, it was the sergeants and the corporals and the regular soldiers featured in the stories. It wasn't dashing captains. It wasn't It wasn't the aristocracy. Battle, I, I mean, I guess it was, it was down to Pat Mills and, and John Wagner again. They, they, brought, they brought ordinary people to the forefront in battle. And uh, to, to me, this sums that up perfectly. And uh, as I say, this is that's that's the story I'll probably return to most in in the special, just for my own you know pers- personal reasons. Yeah, I mean, I like the Patrick Goddard Nina Petrova story. I would also like to see PJ Holden doing this Assad strip. Yeah, like yeah, definitely, yeah. Fantastic. And if uh, I asked you for a Grail page that probably doesn't have a spoiler on it, or maybe even a panel, would you be able to choose one? Well, here, probably unlike most of the the the, um, the Mega City Book Club podcasts, we're, we're looking at real pages where they, they they really all are still out there. They still exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
uh, which is really quite unusual when I was looking through the book thinking about this. Now, I'm actually in the position of owning one of the pages that, that I would consider a grail page, which is the first page of the Johnny Red Screamer of the Stukas which I bought from Keith Burns at Comicfest, because uh, I n- never thought I would own a page of Screamer of the Stukas. And I just, I love Keith, Keith's art. It, it, it's just fabulous. Um, so I do actually own one page that, that I would consider a grail page. And that is a fantastic um, page with some the, yeah. you know, some airborne yeah. action, great, exactly, yeah. great skies, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was actually leafing through the, the entire story in original art, but it was that first page because it just starts with the, um, you know, the, the Stukas on, on the ground. You've got a couple of great facial expressions, and then you've got the action, the dogfight sequence, and the, and the huge panel at the bottom. So it just, it was a no-brainer. Fantastic. Apart from that, the, the, the final page of the Sarge, right. um, where, where the, 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 the squad set off, would, would, would be well on my on my uh, real list and um, you know any, well to any any of the Kevin O'Neill pages yeah um, obviously any any of them I, I would I would hate to try to pick one over the other and I mean of course uh, any any of the Hellman pages maybe the last page with the the sort of payoff from Sergeant Hiltz it's it's very very hard because there is just so much good stuff in, in this book and they're all so different. Fantastic. I would perhaps say that I'll mention that if the story, individual story, finishes on a left-hand page, they have they've put a sort of splash page, which is a single panel from the next mm-hmm. story, as yes. a sort of spacer to allow uh-huh. Garth's text piece to be on the left-hand page before the start of the story. Yeah. And the one that they've chosen from PJ Holden of the Sarge, yeah, 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 blown that up to a panel and put some colour on it. I would probably pick that, and I can probably safely share that one without spoilers as well. Um, yeah, no, that, that's that's a great image. Yeah, fantastic, Paul. Well, it, I mean, we'll say that the Battle Action Hardback Special is nineteen ninety nine. You can get it nine ninety nine digitally already. It will be out in bookshops and comic shops. I think in September is the there's the sort of the full release. It's already available in some shops, I believe. Yes, it's, it's been available through Diamond, uh, so you should be able to order it from your local comic shop, the, the regular edition. And I mean, of course, you can get you can get both versions from the uh, 2000 AD website. I think yes, it is Amazon. I think then is September, right? The wider any any other um, distribution networks. I think is, is is I think it is September. Okay, so. We'll mention this. It, I mean, I'm sure we're both going to say that it's a huge success and we're going to ask people, really, if they've not done so already, to buy a copy and make this book a big success and a big seller. I noted in our notes that Rebellion have obviously been trying a lot of experiments with the specials over the last few years. They've tried Misty and Scream. Obviously, they've had some battle action specials. They've done Sniper Elite, the Vigilant, the Regine projects, and so on. Monster Fun seems to be finding an audience with the younger readers. What do you think is... Um, well, let me put it this way, Paul. Why does this one work so well, this particular special? What is the magic ingredient, would you say? Well, I think I, th- I think really it comes down to Gareth. 
at the end of the day, Gareth is one of the biggest names in comics. And while there are many other British comics writers um, that have either written for previous Battle Action Special or even Battle back in the day, like John Wagner, uh, Rob Williams, Dan Abnett, you know, I would certainly read anything that they would write in, 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 in a battle special or a following publication of any kind. Michael Carl, I love his writing. Ian Edgington, I think, would knock it out of the park as well. So there, there are a tremendous writers that I would love to see tackle you know, a battle story. But what Gareth brings to the table is instant recognition. And he would have a much wider fan base following than, than any of the, 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 those other names I mentioned. So he immediately brings superstar status to this and draws attention to a book that may not receive the same level of publicity and interest, uh, you know, if it, if it had been by somebody else. You know, hats off to everybody involved in, in this. This really is... Um, this is a book I don't think will sit on my bookshelf for too long because I'll continually be, 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 be reading it and rereading and referencing it. But um, I, I do think a lot of it is is down to Garth. Just his American, the, the American audience, the fighting rights for Marvel, is written the boys, preacher. As I say, he just he, he's known by, by, by just about everybody. And I mean, hopefully the sales on this will, will smash it. And um, you know that there there will be more. Yes, and if you know if we're right that Monster Fun is perhaps finding it's going to be the one for the younger audience, is are the stories from Battle and Battle Action are they the best bet for an ongoing series for older readers? Would you say, Paul? Well, again, this it's it's a subject that obviously Rebellion have their marketing people and they have all the statistics and the, the uh, feedback on, on how things have done. I mean, as you say, they've tried they've tried a lot of the specials. And, I mean, by all accounts, they all sold well. Unfortunately, the, the, the biggest schedule of specials was the year that COVID hit. Yes. Which I'm sure had an effect. Although, uh, by all accounts, Rebellion did very, very well by online sales from their, their web store. But um, you know, this this really is a step beyond anything that they had done before. It's, it's a brave move, um, you know, to bring out a, a book of this uh, at this price point, you know, of, of of all new material. As I understand it, the 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 war comic releases from the Treasury of British Comics have been among the biggest sellers. For whatever reason, and I mean, of course, Battle being Garth's favourite outside of 2018, I mean, of course, would naturally have led him to that. So, I, I would love it, and I mean, I, I, uh, I tormented Oliver when he was over at Comic Fest uh, about about a follow up to this, or or um, maybe a, a, an annual event or something. Despite buying him a couple of pints, he wouldn't tell me anything. But <laughs> I would, I would be very hopeful. I know Garth wants to do more. Yes, 
Uh, I know Gareth wants to do more, and I believe there's something, some kind of a follow-up um, to this. But uh, so, I mean, yes, I mean, combining battle action, you do have both the war story aspects, and you do have, uh, you know, any any of the other characters from action. So you're sort of covering a number of bases there. There certainly are characters that, that have a lot of mileage left in them. It's, of course, they'd all have to be self-contained is the thing, because with, with the, the publication, any publication likely being, as I say, an annual event or something, so you can't do the old cliffhanger ending, come back next week, chums, yeah. um, that you would have seen back in the comics in the day. You know, how does our hero get out of this one? But I, as I say, I, I, I would feel battle action probably has the best has the best chance of success of, of following up with more. I believe Monster Fun is doing okay, yes. um, from what I hear, which I, I'm delighted for. I, I buy it, and it's it's, it's a great comic. So um, hopefully, it will go from strength to strength as well. It's just the distribution thing that is such a a tricky thing to navigate you know with having to buy shelf space and wh smith and yeah we don't have we don't have wh smith and we're here in northern ireland so it's, it's something i'm not really well up on but I, I, i've heard that so it, it makes launching any kind of a new regular publication an absolute nightmare uh the the the, the, the cost of it and the, the problems behind it so as much as I'd love to see a new weekly comic, <laughs> I, I don't honestly think that, we, that, that, that that something like that's possible. Okay, well, I look. You know, we look forward to finding out what's coming next, and hoping it's not too long before we're talking about some more battle action um, from Garth Ennis and a handful of great artists, uh, which is what we have in this wonderful hardback in front of us. Yeah. Great stuff, Paul. Let's turn to guest projects because we've got a few to cover. Enniskillen uh, was a huge success this year. Uh, what's happening next in terms of comic festivals for you? Well, it's again, this this was very much up in the air. We really hadn't planned on doing Enniskillen this year at all. This would have been back sort of last September, October. It was a variant of COVID imminent and nobody was terribly keen on running an indoor event either our venue or some of the funding bodies. But then when, when, when Garth came calling, offering offering uh, to come over to launch Battle Action, you're in a position then where we just can't turn this down. So we uh, we put together a smaller event, which probably was the best way to go, just under the, the, the present circumstances. And as I say, it was a huge success all around. I don't think we'll do anything else this year. Right. Um, just it, it, It's... The COVID is still out there, and I, I just don't like um, the responsibility of, of people, to, you know, taking people's health in my hands. So uh, I don't think we'll do anything else. Everybody is very keen on in a skill and returning next year, but just it's it's we have we have myself and, and the rest of the team we have kicked about ideas. We're you know we've talked about how last weekend went, what way to go. What, what worked, what didn't work, and uh, we're, we're keen for it to come back. But as, as a as a festival, more so than a comic convention, uh, strictly, we um, we rely on outside funding 
uh, it's a free event to enter. So we rely on outside funding. And um, of course, every year, it depends on what, what, what we can get in, in grants or other fundraising activities that we do. So uh, with any luck with this year having been such a big success, the, the people controlling the purse strings will take notice and you know we, we will get enough to, to run the event again next year. But not, not nothing nothing definite yet, dates or anything like that. Okay. So keep an eye on Enniskilling Comic Fest on Facebook. Search me on Facebook and there'll be a link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, so you can keep an eye on announcements there. Yeah, we're on, we're on, we're on Instagram and Twitter as well. Right. Uh, but uh, Facebook would tend to be the main, uh, the main outlet. And we're also going to mention a couple of other recent uh, book releases uh, quickly, Paul. One is a book that you're involved in, which is a sort of is all about British war comics. It's a series called Battling Britons, and it's it's it was the brainwave of uh, Justin Marriott, who had been doing collected editions based on pulpy paperbacks uh, of the the sixties and seventies, and. Um, after seeing a YouTube documentary about war comics, he realized that this, this was something that could be investigated and more mileage. So he released, he put together a book of reviews of the uh, war comics back in the 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s, both weekly storylines and the, uh, the pocketbooks. And that did so well that he felt he could launch something with new material. And it comes out about four times a year, and uh, they're available from Amazon. It's an Amazon print-on-demand project, and it's sort of digest size, and he, um, he he runs articles on all sorts of aspects of, of war comics, both the IPC stuff, DC Thompson and, and others. I have a regular article in it about battle, and the theme of issue number three is air war, so I've written about the early RAF stories that appeared in battle. Lofty's One Man, Luftwaffe, King of the Yanks, um, Ryan's Revenge, um, right the way through to Johnny Red. So it's, 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 it's been out now uh, about a month maybe on, on Amazon. But they're, they're, they're really entertaining books. If you've an interest in war comics at all, the articles are, are all well worth a read and we produce a lot of artwork and... Um, your interviews and whatnot. It's 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 only about a five or five fifty issue so It's 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 very very um, affordable. Yeah, and they're great. I've got the first two, and uh, so the third one is now available on Amazon. Battling Britons, and again, there'll be a link in the show notes for that. Excellent, thank you. And you also wanted to mention another recent release from Hibernia Comics, David McDonald, we've had on the podcast. And we have to mention this one because they, they sell out quickly these, don't they, Paul? They do. Um, David is a good friend of mine. He, att- he uh, attends Comic Fest every, every, every time. Um, he has a great range of publications. Uh, he works with Rebellion, reprinting some of the... the the more obscure uh, series that may not get a treasury of British comics release. And uh, his new publication is called Blazing Battle Action. And it's a reprint of the Dave Bishop articles about battle that ran in the Judge Dredd magazine uh, back in the early 2000s. They were a follow-up to the uh, 2000 AD book uh, that was released. So while 
it had appeared as a, an ebook before. This is the first time that it has actually appeared in a physical edition. And for old dinosaurs like me that really can't deal with ebooks, um, it's absolutely wonderful to have this in, in physical form. Uh, so very interesting. And uh, Dave had the opportunity to interview writers and artists that are no longer with us. So, I mean, it is a great resource of, of battle information. So I, I helped David with it. So uh, I guess I was involved to a degree. But it certainly is one that I can't recommend highly enough. And it will, all too soon, it will sell out. And then it would be a matter of then if David decided to reprint it at some point on down the line. So do grab a copy while you can, because this really is a quality publication, like, like all of David's. Yes, the, the Hibernia Press, again, links in the show notes, they, they do sell out. He has limited print runs, they sell out, and they are lovely produced books. I can see several of them on my shelf here from where I'm sitting, uh, one of which will be coming up on the book club very shortly as well, another one. But ba- uh, Blazing Battle Action, get that one as well while you can. And mine is on its way. I've ordered it this week, Paul. Yeah, you, you won't regret it, Eamon. It's a fabulous read. Um as well, as well as the Dave Bishop material, he has, he has uh, David has paddled it out into with, with other battle action related material and rare artwork and whatnot. Uh, so it's great value and uh, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Fantastic stuff, Paul. Well, we've rattled through, as I said, quite quickly. We've covered a lot. Uh, do get the battle action hardback, uh, it is wonderful. And Paul Trimble will return to Mega City Book Club with possibly <laughs> some Rat Pack in the future, I think. Eamon, you know me, once anything at all to do with battle, start me <laughs> off. <laughs> I'll, quite, I, I, I could, I'll come back anytime you would have me. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for giving up your time this Saturday morning um, to talk about battle action. And I look forward to your return. Thank you very much, Eamon. And thank you to everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. Find all the links and details at megacitybookclub.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the 2080 forums. And email me, mcbcpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's goodbye from me and... It's goodbye from me and the Inniskillen Comic Fest. Bye.